Now, if they come back and they're like, that's so expensive. Well, now we need to decide and assess like, is this actually a client? Because if they're not willing to invest what it's going to take in order for them to get what they want, they're probably not a client. So my suggestion in those moments is to bless and release people. (laughs) Do you need sales skills for your interior design business? Well, I'm going to sell you on this podcast right now so you can find out. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, Darla Beelzebub Powell, and I'm joined by the soulless ginger, Natalie Graff. Natalie Ann Graff, how the hell are you? Oh, well, I'm okay. Now that Thanksgiving's over, holy cow, whose idea was it to create a holiday where you have to invite every freaking member of your family over to your damn house? <laughs> I don't eat. think that was the intent for the original <laughs> part of the holiday and why it was created. Well, they had all their family over. Who, who, it, Whose idea of fun was this? <sighs> I don't know. You'll have I'm to take that up with over. the pilgrims and the Indians. <laughs> Listen, I love to eat, but by myself. Oh, love to eat. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Let's talk about eating. So we all know that Darla is a little special. We, we all know this. We all know that every now and then she likes to eat all kinds of little Debbie cakes. Well, she has stepped out on little Debbie, and she bought moon pies. Mm-hmm. Well, this morning was like a confessional because I <laughs> fell asleep, crashed, burned, tired, I got up this morning. She says, so I have a confession. I'm like, what? She says, so I got up in the middle of the night and I ate three moon pies for an appetizer and a pint of Ben and Jerry's. I did. I I was just like possessed. It was in my sleep. But you know, in my defense, listen, I do. There's a defense for that. I do. I suffer a little bit from depression and anxiety and I try to self-medicate with serotonin and sugar. Something I struggle with. I'm not alone in this world. But I had a very rough day yesterday. I was bit by a dog. You were bit by a dog. So is that what, was that your trigger? So, yeah, I think so. So Tubby. Tubby was your trigger. A little dachshund. Dachshund. Dachshund? How do you say that? Wiener dog. Wiener dog. Hot dog. Snuck under the fence. And our boys, we have three dogs who are pretty well-mannered, but they were were trying to kill them. No, they're not. I had to go out there and break up a fight, throw one dog in the pool, and the wiener dog bit me in the thumb. Well... That was stressful. And you had to call a knight in shining armor to come home from work and rescue you. <laughs> yeah, true. That, what, thank you for helping me out with that. But you know what the moral of the story is? Don't mess with a wiener dog. Stay away from wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, today we're talking about sales with Nikki Rausch. We are. You know, back in the day, I was a damn good salesperson. I know you used to work for Saturn and I, you used to be the number one. So I hear this all the time about how you used to be the number one salesperson in Saturn. But now I was. I sold more Saturns in one year, my rookie year of selling cars than anyone at the Saturn dealership. I had the most like total number and I used to be excellent at sales. And then I became a cop. And now you suck. And now I'm an ass after 19 years. You are. <laughs> I don't have those same selling people skills, you know, PTSD and anxiety that's gone out the window. but. You know, sales in the interior design industry is a necessary, I want to say evil, because I'm not really that into it anymore. But you have to be, if you have your own interior design firm or any business, you have to be somewhat of a good salesperson. And it's good that when we go on a consultation that you can flip that switch and turn that charm on. Do I? Do I do okay? You do fine. Okay, good. I mean, it's not a Saturn, but you do fine. 
Well, you know the Saturns, the cool thing I used to really love when I sold them is you could put your knee in the door that had those plastic panels <laughs> and it wouldn't dent and people were so impressed by that. Anyway, today we're talking all about sales with Nikki Rausch and what it means for us as interior designers to sell our services because the commodity that we sell is a commodity, commodity the right word, Jerry Sturdy, I'm not sure, is a little bit different, you know, than going out and selling I don't know. A Saturn. A Saturn. <laughs> or the latest, you know, techno gadget or, you know, a wiener dog. <laughs> I think we gave him back to the owner. We didn't oh, have to sell yeah. him. His name was Tubby, by the way. I know. I took Tubby home. Yeah. And, you know, Natalie, I'm actually really surprised that you're very good at sales, you can, even considering that you're Amish, which... Ah, oh, this is true. There's really, the Amish joke. It, does, it seems diametrically opposed. Oh, you just talk to somebody, darling. It's not hard. Oh. Wait, what? It's not hard to talk to people? <laughs> Who to thunk? Yeah, okay. Well, that's you and this is me. So we actually have a new uh, team member at Wingnut Social, a sales manager, and you guys might recognize her maiden name, Kyle Sarudi. But now she's married. She decided to hook up with a uh, a boyfriend there, a man type person. A boyfriend and if she's married. Boy. She Boy hyphen friend. Boy oh. man friend. A man friend. Well, she man married friend. the man friend. Yes. There's legal paperwork saying that she belongs to him until she doesn't. And her last name is DeForest now. So if you guys call in and you get an appointment with Kyle DeForest, know that that is Jerry Cerruti's offspring, spawn, lineage, and the, DNA. Ba- the youngest baby of the family. DNA talking to you. Yes. <laughs> and she's just as brilliant. Yes. Yeah. She really is a smart cookie and she's, she knows her stuff. Okay. So, Natalie, let's t- let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. After- Nikki Rausch, after 25 years of selling experience, she decided to trade in her road warrior status. That was a good movie. Did you see that? Charlize Theron was in that. That's why you saw that movie. I love Charlize Theron. I'm aware. Okay. Her road warrior status so that she could help entrepreneurs sell in a way that builds relationships, creates true connections, and results in more closed deals. We're going to find out kind of more what that means and long-term clients. Now, as a sales coach, author, speaker, and founder of Sales Maven, Nikki transforms the misunderstood process of selling into techniques, tools, and tips that can be successfully incorporated into a process. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Nikki Rausch to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Nikki Roush. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much for coming here. I was telling the Wingnuts listening that sales is the necessary evil of pretty much all businesses, but for the interior design industry, I cannot tell you how many designers or decorators or stagers come to me and like, I suck at sales. I can't seem to close my appointments or my consultations. It's really, it's a very difficult skill for a lot of us. So we're really hoping that you can set us straight and help us out on that. Is is that a challenge accepted? That is definitely a challenge accepted. And I guarantee you by the end of this, your listeners will have some new tools to put in their toolkit that they can immediately implement into their conversations and start seeing results because it really is about making it conversational and yet being strategic. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Oh, I am too, because I'm telling you, I was telling the wingness, I used to be really good at sales, but for some reason now I I suck. And some of that is because my people skills from being in law enforcement for so long (laughs) are a little rough around the edges these days. But I think it's also because the sales techniques I was using 25 years ago have changed a lot. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But from, let's see, in your experience, in your 25 years of selling experience, what do you think entrepreneurs struggle with so much with the process of selling? What's the biggest complaint? 
I think the biggest complaint, and this is where I specialize, is people are not really quite sure what to say and how to say it. Like everybody tells you you're supposed to sell, and everybody tells you you're, the money's in the follow up. They tell you all of that stuff. But what they don't tell you is, okay, this is what you say and how you say it so that it lands softly and kindly to the person you're in conversation with and moves the process along. So I really do focus on the conversation side of sales, like the actual words that you choose and the way that you frame something to somebody to make it easy for them to move through the process. So is that like a pre-formatted kind of like bullet pointed directional kind of thing or how, how does that work? So I teach what's called the selling staircase, and it's a five-step approach. And it's this idea that if you're trying to skip steps in the selling process, that's oftentimes where people get confused. They go right from, okay, I just met somebody. I think they gave me a buying signal, so I'm just going right in for the close. Or I just met somebody. I'd love to earn their business, so I asked them to buy from me. And that's that's what I call skipping steps in the process. And that (laughs) tends to turn people off. That's why I think sometimes people get hesitant, like, I don't want to be pushy or aggressive or come across, you know, gross. And so then they don't ask at all and they don't initiate the conversation. And then that just means you never get to the place where you even know if this is a prospect. Okay, so Nikki, so the problem that I have with sales is that when I'm on a client consultation, I'll have Mr. and Mrs. Client sitting in front of me and the consultation will have gone really well. But I'm afraid to ask for the sale. I'm afraid to sit there and say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, this is how we work. This is how much we charge. Is it a go? Would you like to sign with us today? And I I always want to say, oh, you know, run out with my anxiety ridden self and say, we'll send your proposal in the mail a week later, you know, or whatever. and Just get, get out of there. So how can you fix me? (laughs) <laughs> There's no fixing Darla. I'm sorry, Nikki. That's 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 a bad question because you just cannot fix crazy. <laughs> well, let's see. She <laughs> might be on- Let me take a try and see what you think. So you tell me, Natalie, how I do. But Darla, here's one of the most important things that I want to to give to you and also to your listeners. Many people will not decide to hire you until you ask them. Like their brain won't make a conscious decision, yes, yes or no. So we need to actually ask. We have to get the language out of our mouth. The other thing is that when you don't ask for somebody's business, oftentimes you leave them feeling unsatisfied with that interaction with you. And they may not know it at a conscious level why they're unsatisfied, but something feels off. And so... The other thing I'm going to say is that most of us walk around and we think the whole world revolves around us. Like everything that happens <laughs> is because of me, for me, or against me, right? Wait, like, that's not true? I, I know. It's so shocking when we finally have some realization <laughs> around this. And, you know, you can still believe it. But the fact of the matter is, the client who's sitting there also thinks the whole world revolves around them. And they're not wondering like, oh, did she get uncomfortable? Did she feel uncomfortable asking for my business? No, they're sitting there going like, why didn't she ask me for my business? Does she not think that I'm an ideal client? Or does she not think I can afford her or and they make up all these crazy stories and I know this because people actually reach out to me all the time and tell me crazy stories about how somebody didn't ask for their business because they didn't like them or and they make up these insane ideas as to why people don't ask so the idea is when I talk about asking for the sale it's like issuing an invitation And all you're doing is inviting somebody. And so when you can start getting this frame of mind that 
this is just about an invitation. Most people like to be invited to things, like be truthful. Even if you don't want to go, isn't it nice to get an invitation to something? (laughs) Yeah. I kind of want to play devil's advocate, if you'll allow me to, Nikki, because when we walk into a consultation as the interior design side and we go, we check out their spaces, let's just say um, we're going to do drawings for a kitchen because they cannot visualize it. So we need to know kitchen drawings and they need a layout for their master bathroom because it just needs a lot of help. Now, when we sit down at that table and we're telling them how we work and what we can do and how we do it, you're telling usually... We go back, sit down, have a team meeting, figure out how many hours it's going to take us to give the client exactly what they want, which is why it usually takes us, you know, a couple days to turn around with a proposal. So you're telling me now we need to go in there with the mindset of it's going to take, you know, 15 hours to do this, 20 hours to do that. And then right there and say, hey, it's going to be 35 hours at our rate. And where do you want to sign? I'm not suggesting that you just like whip something out of your back pocket that's going to get you into trouble with your business. Like maybe it'll take me 15 hours. So it's going to cost this price. Do you want to buy from me? If you really do need to go back and consult with your team and you need an opportunity to put together a well proposed offer, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to say to the client, now, based on everything we've talked about, I do have ideas of how we can work together. I'd like an opportunity to put together a proposal with you and then an opportunity to walk you through the proposal. Can we go ahead and schedule that now? Oh, okay. So yeah, so I would die. I would die even at the prospect of just having to close in that manner. (laughs) No, I I like that idea. With that? Just with that? I can do that. I can whip my calendar out and say, okay, so we're going to have a proposal to you by then. When will you be able to discuss and talk about it? Because I can totally see how that will nail them down and say, well, not that's what a great, I want to say, like, yeah. but, you know, get off the pot kind of thing. <laughs> when I'm in that, really, my thing is like I get so much anxiety from the the actual meeting and worrying whether or not, you know, we did well and wanting to run out of there. And that's just me. I'm anxiety ridden. Not all interior designers are. but That's actually a really good idea because some of these consultations are pretty simple to where we could say, OK, this this consultation does fill this particular package model. It's six thousand dollars. When do you want to start? I could see us doing that. But for something more complicated to what Natalie was talking about. That's a great idea, Nikki, because you're still you're still getting them to make some kind of yes commitment in some way, right? Yeah. And what we're trying to do is keep the ball moving, right? Like if you just say, I'll send you a proposal next week, let me know what you think. They're never going to make a decision. And that means they're probably not going to get their project done. And they're still going to be suffering with whatever it was that they're unhappy with in the first place. And so your job is to make it as super easy as possible to earn somebody's business and help them make decisions along the way. So this is why you do want to schedule that next step. And you do want to review the proposal with them, if at all possible. And you want to be able to have that closing the sale conversation, which is now after looking through the proposal, what additional questions come to mind for you? Then you answer their questions and you go, great. So now based on that, are you ready to move forward? 
and then you zip it and you wait. And you wait, right? You want it. My see, my instinct would be, I know Luann Nagar of a well-designed business podcast. She says the best thing you can do is just be quiet and wait. But oh my God, I would just want to run. I wouldn't want to word vomit on them. So that is a, that's a hard discipline. So interior designers, when we're selling, we're selling services. We are selling some luxury commodities, furnishings and stuff, but we're selling ourselves, ourselves, really our skills as designers and that talent. Is there a difference or a different skill set to doing that than the selling? than selling a product or is these experience similar? Well, the mindset is kind of the biggest struggle there because when you're selling yourself, you get your internal critic start like who has some usually, I don't know about your internal critic, but mine never says anything kindly oh, to me. They're I know, not yeah. like, oh, no. Nikki, you could probably do better. It's like, hey, idiot, you sound like a complete moron and everybody hates you, right? Like that's how my critic talks to me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are our critics the same person? This is getting weird. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm going to be ganged up on at some point because you two are sounding like peas in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> we can take her. Yeah. So here's the thing. When you're selling yourself, the, one of the things that's really important, and I say this in all sales process, is that you kind of have to take yourself out of it a little bit. It isn't about you. It's about the client. It's about giving them, meeting their needs, solving their problem, offering them a solution, and doing it a way that makes it really easy for them to make decisions. And the fact of the matter is, you are an expert at what you do. And when you show up in the room, you know so much more than that person. And if you didn't, they wouldn't even be wanting to have this meeting with you. So they want you to be the expert. They want you to make recommendations. They want you to suggest next steps to them. And they want you to ask for their business. And if you're not doing those things because you're struggling or there's some anxiety around it, usually what I find with my clients is when I give them like language, like, hey, say this here. Now you can still tweak it so it can come out of your mouth. It doesn't have to be exact words. But sometimes it's just having that language of going like, okay, I know where I am in the process. I know what I'm supposed to say next. And I'm willing to try. I'm willing to get the words out of my mouth. And then I'm willing to wait. <laughs> like I said before, that waiting part is so important there. Nikki, interior design is a luxury industry. It's not a necessity most of the time. And sometimes our clients get huge sticker shock, which I think is part of the anxiety I have where I want to flee and send them something in an email a week later. So let's talk about objections with luxury, with interior design at all. I think any interior design is a luxury business, whether you're doing high end or you're doing entry level interior design, it's definitely not a necessity in life. So we're there with, with Mr. and Mrs. Client. Let's say we have it figured out. They have a simple, they want a kitchen. We know a kitchen's going to take 40 hours 50 hours maybe total with design and project management. We have our hourly rate. We're like, here, Mr. and Mrs. Client, your kitchen's going to run X amount. Of oh, and there. Oh, my gosh. That's that's too expensive. That's crazy expensive. Are we still – how are we meeting those objections without on the interior design side? Any tips there for our, our listeners? Okay. So, yeah. So, if somebody says, oh, my gosh, that's too expensive, I'm going to come back with, okay, so when you say it's too expensive, what were you planning to invest? in something like this. Like I need to give a base. I need to get some type of a base for them. And sometimes one of the ways I would frame that is to help alleviate that objection up front is I tend to give a price range. So I would say, you know, a kitchen usually is going to take between 30 and 45 hours. That mean it's that means it's going to run somewhere between X and Z. 
what were you planning to invest in something like this? So I just gave them some type of a a range in their mind. Now, if they come back and they're like, that's so expensive. Well, now we need to decide and assess like, is this actually a client? Because if they're not willing to invest what it's going to take in order for them to get what they want, they're probably not a client. So my suggestion in those moments is to bless and release people. (laughs) Let's not try to convince somebody who doesn't have the money or will never invest the money. Like, Don't waste your time. And I don't mean that they're a bad person or anything like that, but let's be honest. Like We're here to grow our business. And that means we have to work with our ideal people. And if people are having a ton of sticker shock every time you're bringing up pricing, chances are there's some things you need to change in your process. One is you need to give some ranges. And you could do that if you're doing any type of an intake form or if you're having any kind of like... Well, one, put it on your website. Like I believe in having pricing on your website. Not every single price, but have some pricing on your website because you don't want to have a bunch of consultations with people that are like, well, what can I get for $1,000? <laughs> well, not me, right? Like not you. They don't get Darla. They don't get Natalie for $1,000 to design a project for them. Hey there, Wingnuts. Do you love doing your own social media, but just don't have a sound strategy in place? Are you just throwing images at the wall, hoping they stick to your ideal client? Well then, Natalie and I are super excited to tell you about our Wingnut Social Strategy Package. One of our expert social media wingnuts will help you discover your goals, analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to wingnutsocial.com services or by giving us a call at one eight seven seven wingnut Again, that's wingnutsocial.com slash services or one eight seven seven wingnut Now, back to the show. So let me circle back to that just a little bit to make sure my, my wingnut brain is absorbing this. So before okay. you say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, this kitchen is going to be $50,000, we just say, in my experience, a kitchen this size is normally 25 to 45 hours. So the range is anywhere from 20000 to forty five, whatever. I can't do math in my head real quick. Yeah, $45,000. Okay. And then so you're saying that's softening them up to kind of in their mind say, okay, the price range is going to be in this. It's not going to be an objection so much. Am I getting that right? It's going to help alleviate a little bit because now they're not going to come back and be like, well, so you said the range could be anywhere from, I'm just going to say 25 to 45,000. And you come in and say, you know, based on everything we've talked about, you're kind of leaning more towards like a 35 to $40,000 investment. So what have you invested? Like, or what, what have you budgeted for, for this? And if they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Well, again, chances are there's something that should have happened. Like they should have had an intake form from you or something so that they had those ranges in mind. So they're not, I mean, who wants to get on a call with somebody from the client's perspective or a prospect's perspective and feel humiliated that they can't afford you? That's true. And you know what? We do have a price range on my intake form, but I think I have uh, an other <laughs> a checkbox What's there for mean? other, and a lot of people check the other. So I'm really just kind of. I think it's. I I'm think screwing they, myself on right. the other box. But I, I think a lot of homeowners really don't realize what it takes to remodel an entire kitchen. Yeah, I, I think part of that is just the the consumer sticker shock. 
Yeah. So part of it is educating it in your website and the information that's on your website. And we do have some kind of price range on our website a little bit that gives someone that does weed out some clients who maybe want to go with a different designer. So I do agree with them. We just had Christine Lynn on an episode a couple of weeks ago who does put her minimums on her website. And she said that has been a game changer for her. So that's not a bad idea. Yeah, any kind of pricing is going to help you on your website. Because again, you don't want to have a bunch of conversations with people that are having sticker shock because then what it does is it starts to mess with your mindset. It starts to make you think like, oh my gosh, nobody can afford me. And that's not true. You just are not speaking to your ideal clients yet. You know, and I love that you said that because I have personally had that be like, my gosh, maybe we're too expensive. Maybe, but then I see other designers who are charging way more, you know, but they're also the, their marketing and stuff is more elevated and they're getting higher end clients. But we've only been chugging along here for a little over two and a half years, too. So, you know, we're still learning. We're learning about that pricing element and online and, and this obviously the sales process. You can see we're lacking there. Yes, Natalie, go. So when you decide to go ahead to, to sit back and wait, you wait on them to contact you. When do you give up when it comes to sales? When do you say, you know what? Okay, I've left the ball in their court long enough. You know, game over. Okay, so I don't mean that you ever wait on leaving the ball in their court. Like I want you to move the sales process along. If if you've laid out a proposal and somebody says, thank you for the proposal, Natalie, I need some time to think about this or you know, we're going to evaluate it. I don't want you to say, okay, let me know because they won't let you know. <laughs> They'll probably end up hiring a different designer who is more on the ball and like follows up more strategically with them. So what I want you to do instead is say, great, about how much time do you think you need? And let's go ahead and schedule a call now. And that way we can answer any additional questions you have at that time and talk about next steps for us working together. And also what we're talking about, pardon me, Nikki, is that when she's saying just be quiet and wait, it's just like when you say, okay, so, you know, what do you think, Mr. and Mrs. Client? Are you ready to start today? And then there's that awkward silence. Let them carry the burden of the awkward silence because if you say something, then you lose is what I've heard. I don't know. I've never had the guts enough to go through it. But <laughs> no, she can't keep quiet for five seconds after that. <laughs> So she's, I, she's also the one that will start a team meeting and she'll look at me and she goes, can you just handle the team meeting? I'm like, sure. And before I can even say, you know, <laughs> hello, hello, she starts in with, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh because my I can't, gosh, yeah, because she can't handle the fact the that awkward silence. the awkward silence of me saying hello to everybody and then getting ready to get into it. She goes, oh, you're not moving along fast. I'm like, well, then don't tell me to take over. Do we need counseling? We okay, do. so, so yes, Nick, we do. <laughs> so Nikki, let's talk a little bit about how sales has changed because I did mention back in the day and we're talking like 25 years ago, I was in sales and the, and the sales techniques back then were a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more... Um, um, well, use car sale. <laughs> and now they're now they're they've changed a little bit. Now it's more give, 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 then maybe ask, ask, ask. You know, a small ask like Gary Vaynerchuk's jab, 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 right hook. And people are more responsive to you if you set yourself up as the expert and you don't really push so much for the sale. They kind of want to think or or at least feel that they're coming to you. How do we work around that? Or, or am I even off base there? No, I think you're on base. I think I think you're right. I think consumers now are much more savvy and we're skeptical. And so we don't want people to try to convince us of something. We don't want people to try to manipulate us into anything. But what we do want is experts who are willing to take the time to assess what our problem or need or our want is, ask us the right questions, 
recommend what it is that we need and give us an opportunity to buy it. And that means that you walk somebody through the process and you issue invitations along the way. So you don't go right from nice to meet you. Do you want to hire me or not? That's way too like you're skipping steps again. So we want to make sure that along the way, it feels really simple for the client to move up the steps. And it's your job to earn the person's business. And one of the ways that you move somebody, I mentioned you move somebody from step to step is by issuing invitations. But sometimes it's just asking, frankly, permission. And this is a missed step oftentimes in sales is that we just launch into questions. For instance, we sit down with a client, we're like, okay, I have 80 questions for you. And we just launch into these questions because we think we need all this information to earn their business. But if you don't take the time to first say, now in order to make or put together a proposal that's going to be meaningful for you, is it okay if I start with a couple quick questions? If you don't take that little step right there to ask permission, you don't create safety with the person. We don't give our money to people who don't create safety. I think I heard you even say this, which is something I say all the time. I always say vote with your wallet, but I think you said something like with your feet, vote with your feet, right? We don't give our business to people who just try to steamroll over us and be like, you need me. And if you don't hire me, your life is going to suck, right? Like we're so <laughs> Even though it's that. true. I absolutely agree with you. And one thing I wanted, I don't want to throw Natalie on the under the bus anymore, but this is a this is a discovery session for us too here. So one thing Natalie, Natalie has made a really good friend, Jacqueline. And Jacqueline is like, you have to follow up with these people. And Natalie will say, well, you know, I sent them an email. I'll wait. They'll get back to me. We do follow up. Hey, thank you. I just want to know if you had any questions. Sent you the proposal. Let me know if you have any questions. That's not enough of a follow-up, right? No. And okay, the reason explain. it isn't is because, and please, Natalie, know that I mean this with so much love and support of you and you're in a oh, I you're in good company. It. I feel it as Darla's glaring at me across the room. <laughs> yes. But every time you say to somebody like, I'll just follow up with you next week or I'll reach out to you next week or I'll send a little email, a little touch base, like how are you? Have you looked at the proposal? What you are essentially doing is you're saying to somebody, hey, add me to your to-do list. And I don't know about you, but they say people die with their to-do list undone. You do not want to add to a client's to-do list because what happens is you get pushed below the fold. Do you know that saying in email? Like once they can no longer see your email, like somebody's email, it's pushed below the fold. It's out of sight, out of mind. And so one of the ways that you don't let that happen is you schedule circle back calls. You say, when when should we chat about this next? Let's get it on our calendars now. Now it's not on their to-do list. It's on their calendar. They don't have to think about it until that appointment with you. And also, you don't have to sit there and lament like, should I follow up today or should I wait? How should I say it? What's going to happen? And you're spending all this time and energy worrying about something that if you just had a circle back call scheduled then it's no longer a worry. And then one other little thing that I want to add to this is that most people now will not answer their phone if they don't have somebody on their calendar to chat with them at that time. So you can't just... I mean, I'm not saying you can't. I did say that. Let me back up and say, (laughs) it's not in your best interest to just call people out of the blue and be like, hey, did you look at my proposal? Because they're busy and you're busy. And Trying to get somebody on the phone is like pulling teeth nowadays. Like most people don't answer their phone. 
That hits so much home. I do not answer the phone if it's not on my calendar. She <laughs> doesn't even answer my phone calls. <laughs> if it's not on the calendar, I it's won't even talk to calendar. Natalie. Nikki, yeah. I have to say, while you were explaining that, Natalie was sitting over there and I saw light bulbs, light come out of her eyes, her ears. The just, holes in my brain. The holes in mm-hmm. her head. Yeah. It, you. I think you really, I think you got through to her. And I have to tell you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. That makes a lot of sense, right, Nat? It does. Yes, it makes it makes perfect sense. I I I I'm not dumb. I'm sitting here. I'm listening. I got this. <laughs> it does. It makes excellent sense. I might, you know, poor Ellen Danick's going to be drunk as a skunk because I think we're going to have to like implement half this stuff. Oh, so. all of it, half yeah. of it, well, all of it. We do okay. co- some of it. We do a little bit of okay, it. Okay, good. Do, but n- not the crazy. Not not the reschedule right now. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. Nikki, I have to thank you so much for all these tips on sales that you've given us because I'm telling you, Natalie's and my strength is not in this area at all. We actually even hired a new sales manager for Wingnut. And I think this episode is gold for us. Going forward, we're really going to implement these things. On the design side, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Wingnut social side, we're going to let Kyle take care of that. (laughs) (laughs) But now, Nikki. that's what she does. Nikki, I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. I'm ready. All right. Nikki Roush, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be a cherry tree because I feel like a cherry tree is something that loves to provide something for others. And I think cherry trees are really beautiful. And we have a we have a ginormous, like the biggest cherry tree I've ever seen in our backyard. And I fall in love with it all year round. Oh, here's a stupid question. Those are the ones with the cherry blossoms. Yes. The cherry blossoms. <laughs> they are beautiful. Yeah. In Japan, I've seen I want to go to Japan and see that when they're blooming. Supposedly in November. It's it's stunning. I actually have been to Japan when <gasps> cherry blossoms were blooming and it was stunning. Oh, but I jealous. live in Washington State and we have a lot of cherry blossoms and they are stunning. Ah, oh, so so jelly. And they have the best cherries ever. Rainier cherries. Was that what you're gonna say? Yep. Yeah. I've stopped there and got some on the side of the road. <laughs> Roadkill. Roadkill. Roadkill cherries. Road cherries. Road cherries. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Implementers get results. <laughs> That's very specific. Was that meant for anybody? Se- selling from the grave. That's right. <laughs> if you could have only one superpower, what would it be and why? My superpower would be the ability to control the volume of everything around me. I'm super sensitive to noise and I would love to be able to turn down other people's conversations. Not like that they couldn't like, you know, have their conversation, but being able to control the audio of everything around me would be the best superpower ever. I love that. You I just had a warm fuzzy spot in my heart for you because I'm the same way. It, noise, loud noises really bothers me. I don't like loud anything. Me either. So that's definitely a first, probably a last, but definitely a first. And last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally. Ooh. I'm going to say The Go-Giver professionally and personally. I think it's a great sales book. And it was I read it years and years and years ago. But I just really love the concept of relationship selling, which is obviously what I teach. And I just love that book. And speaking of books, don't you have a sales book yourself? I do. I have three books, but I have my newest book, which is The Selling Staircase, Mastering the Art of Relationship Selling. The Selling Staircase. Okay, I'm definitely... Is that on Audible too or do I actually have to read Yes. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh my God, I'm totally buying that. Is it on audible.com? Yes. (gasps) Okay, sold. Okay, good. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm addicted to audiobooks. Awesome. And don't I, I think I understood that you have something special for our listeners today. What's that? I do. I love to give a gift when I get to come and be a guest on somebody's podcast. So I have an ebook called Closing the Sale, and it really walks through some of the language. And your listeners can get that by going to my website, go to yoursalesmaven.com slash WNS. Oh, cool. All right. And that's all going to be in the show notes. If you guys go to wingnutsocial.com slash podcast, you don't have to, if you're driving, don't don't crash and get into a fiery, twisted wreck of molten metal. <laughs> you can just go and you get home to the show notes and look that up. And that ebook is called... Closing the Sale. All right. Closing the Sale. And Natalie and I are going to download that and we're going to read it and we're going to implement all these little tips. And where can they find you on social? What's your social handles? You can find me. I tend to hang out on Instagram and Facebook. So if you go to Your Sales Maven, that's where you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn too. But And in general, just YourSalesMaven.com, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for the sales course here. Natalie and I are going to go make millions of dollars now with your advice. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you both. Natalie and Giraffe. Yes. I just bought The Selling Staircase by Nikki Roush. Of course you On did. Audible. The second she said it was on Audible, I was like, done, done, and done. Because, you know, I have a membership where I get like three credits a month and I can go download my little books and listen to them while I run. Yes. After I, I ate a pint of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> this is true. You Thank need God to, I you run. Need to run. Holy some more. cow. Natalie. Yes. Christmas is coming. Oh, don't remind me. John Wick action figure. Have you ordered it? No. I don't know why anybody in their right mind would spend that many Benjamins All I'm gonna say on a small little stupid thing that you sit on the desk. There better be a damn John Wick action figure under that I'm tree. I'm telling you right now, we ain't got no tree either. And we ain't getting <laughs> one either. So there's not going to be a little John Wick action figure. I'll take a picture of it for you. Do you hear, do you hear how I get treated, people? You hear? Oh, it's this so a- terrible. It's all about you. Woe <laughs> is me, Natalie, Darla. seriously, yes. some serious takeaways. I saw you and me both having aha moments while Nikki was giving us these amazing sales techniques. And this one really hit close to home because I, I know I'm a little much sometimes. But I really, when I was explaining oh, to her. God, you admitted it. I do admit it. I admitted it, yes. But when we are on consultations, that is how I get. I know I'm not alone. I know there's people in the audience that are listening that get the same I know it. I know so that we're twinning. So basically, you're supposed to just sit back and shut up well, and well, let the client answer that. Well, that's one element of the sales mm-hmm. process. And I know that sales professionals have been teaching this technique. You can hear it on any sales podcast, really. But it's still, you know me. I do. Awkward Very silence. Well. I want to fill it. Here's a song. Here's a dance. I have ants in my pants. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Seriously good. And I have been trying to tell you forever about the follow-up emails. Steamroll. Steamrolling right over me. I prefer to be a Zamboni rather than a steamroller. I just, I don't know. It seems like there's more history. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's little, yeah, it's more interesting. I think the best thing that everybody can take away from this is scheduling that time to go over your proposal before you actually leave the client's house. Because if you do need those couple days to really think about their project before you just work for free, because you're trying to pull something out of your back pocket... You know, schedule that call. That was that was my major takeaway that I was like, ah, this lady's smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's got it going exactly. on. She's, she definitely sold me. Now you can keep steamrolling. Go ahead, Darla. Okay, I'm, guys, I'm glad you let me say a word. Zambonying. Zambonying. Not steamrolling. John Wick. Nope. So, guys, 
Be sure to go check out Nikki's website. That's at yoursalesmaven.com. You can, she has books and she has courses and she has all kinds of good stuff on there. And I'm seriously, I'm, I think Natalie and I, our sales techniques are going to just be so much better just from this one short interview with her. So I can't even imagine if we signed up for her course, that's got to be bet. <laughs> so guys, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you're listening to this on. It really helps new listeners to find the show. Follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And if you need help with your social media marketing, give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. And we'll be happy to take that off your plate. And that's it for today, Nat. You got anything else? So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Please enjoy this lovely music while you wait. You're going to be in a pine box. <laughs> That's all I need. I don't need nothing fancy because when you're dead, you're dead. Who am I trying to impress? Am I right? It wasn't feedback. Darla Jethro Powell. It wasn't me. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Good boy, Mango.